Smartcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If we examine our our thinking and our heart of hearts, it's kind of what we're how we're thinking of how we're operating, right? Yeah. You know, we're not taking responsibility for how things how we could rearrange uh, uh, the way we operate so that we could get better results because we kind of like doing things the way that we do them now. Hi, and welcome to Deep Leadership. I'm your host, John Rennie. Well, I hope all is well with you today. It is another beautiful day here in North Carolina. And this episode is brought to you by our sponsors, Ignite Management Services and Liberty Strength. These sponsors help me bring these shows to you each and every week, so I encourage you to click on their links below and check them out. Also, I want to remind you that the Qualified Leadership Book Series, which includes all three of my best-selling leadership books, is now available on my website, johnsrenny.com. You get all three books for 15% off the Amazon and Barnes & Noble price, but this offer is only available on my website. This is the perfect Christmas gift for the leader or future leader in your family, so check it out at johnsrenny.com. Well, that is it. Today, we're going to be talking about getting the important things done on your own and through others, and my guest is Scott Ward. Scott is the founder of the software company Habit Stack. He is an expert in the area of goal setting, habit formation, and execution, and we sat down and talked about the problem of urgency and why it's often difficult for a team to stay focused on the important goals. Now, this was a very practical discussion that will help you navigate the distractions of daily work life and stay focused on those critical tasks. So, are you ready to dive in? Let's get started. Welcome to Deep Leadership. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former Cold War submarine officer who spent 20 plus years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. Leadership matters. Are you ready for some real world actionable advice from John as well as his expert guests? I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. The show starts right now. Welcome to the Deep Leadership Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Scott Ward. Scott is the founder of a software company called Habitstack, which, as you know, is a generous sponsor of this podcast. He has a degree in philosophy, but he spent the last two decades in the startup world. He's been a software developer, a tech entrepreneur coach, and the creator of a software platform that helps teams focus on important goals, even though they're extremely busy. He's an expert in the area of goal setting, strategy execution, accountability, and habit formation. And he's helped people achieve over 35,000 goals through his coaching and software. His goal is to help teams rise above the tyranny of urgent 
and build a habit of making important things happen. I'm excited to have him on the show to learn how we can get focused on getting the important things done. So Scott, it's an honor to have you on the show. Well, thanks for having me, John. It's a it's a pleasure to be here. You know, I really admire what you're up to in the world, deep leadership and the books you've written and uh, the different things that you're involved in. It's uh, it's an honor to be here and I, I I appreciate the opportunity. Well, we appreciate you being a sponsor to the show because if it wasn't for you, we couldn't bring these important messages to all our listeners. So um, this partnership is is important and uh, I'm a true believer in what you're doing as well. So it's, it's like I said, it's an honor to have you on the show to talk about um, what you're working on, and especially Habit Stack, which is such a phenomenal program. But so we'll touch on that a little bit. But just in general, I want to have you on because we are facing, as you say, you know, or as I said in the introduction, this tyranny of the urgent. So we are focused on the urgent, and there's so many important things that don't get done when we're faced with urgency. So that's kind of where I want to spend some time, talk a little bit about the habits. Uh, and how we get accountability with our teams, how do we develop the right habits, how do we break free of the urgency and focus on the importance. Because at the end of the day, leadership is about uh, motivating people to get things done, right? Not about doing the urgent things. It's about getting the important things done. So so that's why I want to get on the show, because I think this is such an important topic for our listeners. And uh, these, you know, leadership, leaders of all stripes are trying to get things done. So, and uh, and this is something that you're an expert in. So that's why I wanted to have you on the show. So let's start, let's get into it right away. So um, why have goals and habits? Why has that captured your interest? You know, I, I've been, I've been coaching uh leaders for since about 2009. And one of the things that happened uh, as I was uh, early in my career there was I noticed that we would we would talk about things uh, that they wanted to accomplish. And they were great. They were amazing. They're wonderful things that they wanted to do. Um, and then we would say, uh, we, would, we would end the call and we'd come back the next week. And I would ask them about it. And they may or may not, often not have made any progress on us, you know. Yeah. And so, uh, and then that would go on week to week. And, and then sometimes, you know, to be honest, even I, as the coach, would forget what exactly they were working on. And so it became uh, a, 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 an interesting area for me to uh, to think about and to just to observe that this very fundamental human experience, right, that we have these ideas, we have these insights, like, if I were to do that, Things would be better forever. Mm. Mm. And then we go out and we don't do the things that we see. And so uh, to me, this is very interesting. And this is why it's captured my interest, I think. It's just because you're right. We do get busy. We attempt to do too much. And various there's, there's, there's kind of uh, various reasons for it. But there's also a lot of psychology around it of, of this very interesting phenomenon. We do not do the things that we know would make things better for ourselves. Mm. That's fascinating to me. I mean, you would think that we, if we saw it, we, we would do it. But of course we don't. And, you know, uh, not to not to spill the beans too early, but I think in the end, it, it turns out that it has to do with something that um, starts with H and rhymes with rabbits. You know? <laughs> it has to do with our habits. Because it's, it's, uh, it's not just knowing a thing or seeing or having an idea. It's who we are and how we operate and the little minute decisions that we make 
moment to moment that really make up uh, whether or not we execute on the things that we we have the capacity to. I mean, we're so we're so um, eager to reach our potential, and so this is a real live question for people, right? Uh, they almost have a have a uh, they they know that there's actually that there's more is possible, but they don't know exactly. It feels also like it's impossible at the same time. Yeah, and so uh, this is. Uh, it, I think the, the shorter answer to your question is is just that it turned out to be intriguingly, intriguingly complex and a very human problem. And so it's 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 fascinated me for for quite a few years now. You know, it's interesting because as you say that as an individual, we face those. Those we work on the things that uh, we know what we need to do, but we work on other things. Right. So, so we, that happens on an individual basis. What I've observed is it, it happens on a company wide basis. So, you have a group right. of individuals now who are working on things that are urgent necessarily and not necessarily what's important. And as a leader, it's frustrating because you come to a meeting and you're like, okay, so we agree these five things to get done. Where are we at? And you find out, oh, this happened, this happened. Everything got in the way of accomplishing. So, part of it too, as well, is not just even at least as a leader, I've found, is not just able managing my own uh, habits, right, habits, but it's man- managing the habits of the entire organization. And then mm-hmm. now you're multiplying the effect of, I've got a serious problem here. If I can't develop the habits in the entire organization to not be distracted with the urgent, right? So so I think that's where I, I see is even a bigger problem as you extend, um, extend it out to the entire organization. So how do you how do you get a team focused and accountable to get things done that we commit to? That's that's a difficult thing to do as a leader. It it, it is. It is. And, and and to connect those two uh those two parts that you're describing, it's difficult to do for ourselves and for the team and, and in fact, but but here's the thing, right? Is it's highly unlikely to happen in the team if it doesn't happen with ourselves first. Yes, yes. Right. Yes. So the biggest tool or the biggest is is this uh, is developing our own um, capacity for focus for for calm productivity for uh prioritizing relentlessly. You know, you, we have to tend to the urgent like we, I mean if the if we have to do the, keep the lights on, we have to pay our taxes and we have to create the quote that we need to do and what are all the day-to-day things we have to do those things we don't we don't want to denigrate those things it's important to work on those things obviously but if we ourselves are are uh, are not um operating um thoughtfully and um prioritizing the way that we would want our team to i mean what hope do they have they're 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 taking their cues from us but you're right it's it is um it's not just a problem that is uh, is an individual thing. It's a team thing. And of course, that's where the, the, the payoff is really big too, right? Imagine, imagine the value of, of a bunch of people um, uh, operating together and, and having a, a shared set of, um, of habits that they use to, to execute against a, a shared set of goals. So I mean, magic starts to happen then. Yes, yes. That's, and that's why I get excited about the message you're bringing, because I think that's, one of the things that if a leader can figure that out, um, they can get a lot more done than your average leader dealing with what can be often chaos in an organization. So how do you get focus alignment 
um, accountability towards the, the big things that need to get done. If you can figure that out, then, as you said, it's a multiplying effect. You have everybody rowing in the same direction, you know, so to speak, and you're going to get more things done. And I think that's where um, that's the role of a leader is to get alignment and get accountability and and have focus on the on the on the right priorities. Um, mm-hmm. I was going to ask you. So you've worked with a lot of teams. What what have you uh, observed and what have you learned, and how has that affected your thinking on this subject? You know, one of the things that has been really interesting to observe is is just this phenomenon that we that um, the approach that we take to things can really impact the amount of uh, of progress that we make. It's not just about willpower and trying hard and forcing ourselves or forcing others. You know, um, if we think about there's some really powerful examples. You think about Toyota. And Kaizen, right? Like they didn't have more resources or they didn't have uh, a lot of, they had a lot of disadvantages actually. What did they, but they were able to organize themselves in such a way that they won in many ways, you know, at least different stages and times. Um, That's fascinating, right? That's fascinating. It wasn't about, um, and so, I mean, and and the parallel maybe is you hear hear a lot of people feeling overwhelmed and over busy and that there's things, uh, important things that aren't getting done and goals that are not getting enough uh, love and attention. It's, well, we need to hire more people. This this is the problem. We need to hire more people. This is, and I I don't want to say that, of course, I mean, that's often part of the solution is, is uh, people power, but how you organize yourself. Another is also a big part of it. Another example is in software, we went from waterfall to agile and that kind of unlocked a bunch of really powerful um, uh, results. And so I, I guess the thing that I, I learned by observation uh, with teams is that without having different people, without having more people, um, more, it is, here's hope, you know, that we can actually shift things around and organize ourselves in such a way, take a certain approach, build certain habits that um, we can do more and better strategic work just by being thoughtful about those things without having to, uh, um, to make more dramatic changes than that. So that's one observation that, that I think it should serve people as, as a, as a sign of hope and, and also, also accountability and responsibility, right? Let's not just say that it's an external externalized problem. We just need more money and we need more people. That's the problem. We're awesome. We're, we're operating at full optimized capacity. The problem is not internal. We don't need to improve. We just need more people and more money. You know, that that's not, uh, th- that's a tough, nobody says that, but if you, sometimes um, if we, if we examine our, our thinking in our heart of hearts, it's kind of what we're, how we're thinking of how we're operating, right? Yeah. We're not um, taking responsibility for how things, how we could rearrange uh, uh, the way we operate so that we could get better results because we kind of like doing the thing, doing things the way that we do them now. And yeah, we're, you know, that's, that, this is what, this is what fascinates me about the idea of habits and, and is that um, it's like um, eating, you know, so what's comfortable is, you know, maybe, you know, having some food that's maybe not so healthy. There's donuts in the break room, maybe yeah. you get some pizza for dinner. Uh, and it's, it's comfortable, right? This is the way we're comfortable. And we, we add weight, so we slow ourselves down when we're not uh, doing the right habits, right? Uh, and so, but it's comfortable; it's easy. 
What's not easy is is having some discipline where we have good and healthy habits and we eat the right way. When we do, we're actually, if we feel better, we operate better, right? Uh, we look mm-hmm. better uh, and we feel better about ourselves, but it's, it's, it's work, it's effort, it's not comfortable, right? And I think some of that is affected with the things that we do. We do, I've noticed this, you know, in 30 years running teams, we do what's comfortable, what's what we like to do. So we look at our to-do list and we're like, ah, that's easy. I'm going to do that one. Uh, that one's fun. I'm going to do that one. This one over here where I got to write an eval on this guy that's not really doing that well, that's going to take some effort. I'm going to put yeah. that off till tomorrow. So we do what's comfortable and not necessarily what's in, what's important. So sometimes it's not the urgent. It's the comfortable that that, get, that gets us sometimes. Oh, I think that's such an important uh, important point, John. I really like. I, I really appreciate that you brought that up. I think the um, one of the, the the nature of strategic work is that it's filled with ambiguity mm-hmm. and uh, and the the need for people to say, "I'm going to do this, even though I'm not sure it's going to work," and I'm going to make decisions without enough information, and and all you know, it's just it's it is a very vulnerable. Um, type of work to do. And so, uh, and so I, and when I'm, maybe I should make that more concrete, you know, like if you're, if you're, if the the strategic work that I'm thinking of are things like, maybe you can share some examples in your mind too, John, but uh, we have this one marketing channel that works really well and we need a second one. What is it going to be? You know, what is it going to be? How are we going to double our growth over the next several years? And because we can't do it with this current channel. Okay. You know, I don't know. That's a big, hairy, complicated yeah. fraught. It is very fraught with like high likelihood of failure. And so if, if, if I have some time and today to work on things and I have that to work on, or I have some design tweaks uh, because I, you know, kind of I like design or something. And the I noticed something on the website. You know, I don't know. It's it's real easy to see, well, boy, immediately that looks better on the website, yeah, and yeah. I got some payoff. You know, and so this delayed gratification is the big part of the what makes it difficult to uh, yeah. to work on important things because it's not it's not immediate. We don't get immediate positive feedback, and it's filled with potential for failure. What uh, what about you, John? What uh, what are some other when you say strategic goals, strategic yeah, work? How do you yeah. distinguish that from operational things? How, how, you know, how do you, what's the litmus test? So you're got a great example of that. I actually had a boss one time, brand new guy came into organization. We had 70% market share in a business I was running. We were killing it, right? So I had grown the business. I'm more, I doubled the business. We had 70% market share. And this guy shows up as a new boss. The first thing he says to me is how, how can you double your revenue? Right. And I'm like, we're, we're 70% market share. You're an idiot, right? That's, that's what I'm thinking. Right. Right. But he he basically challenged us. He said, come back. I want you to come back in a month. I want to plan how to double the business. And I remember thinking that this guy, it was frustrating, right? But what it ended up happening is our team spent a lot of time thinking about this. What is, what is he talking about? How do we double the revenue? But I remember our marketing manager said in one meeting, he said, uh, he said, well, maybe we're thinking about our products wrong. Maybe if we think of not just the, the specific product, but what the product does, it opens up what the market is that we could possibly yeah. serve. And maybe we were doing uh, current transformers and voltage transformers. He said, maybe we should get into current voltage sensing. And we all went, oh, shoot, you know, like we right. never thought of that, right? But it was one of the, so, and then we had, 
then we had like we had to put together a plan around that. Okay, now we're going to build this sensing business out of nothing, right? And so, yeah. yeah, these are the things that were truly strategic, truly going to change who we were in the market. And and that's what I would call something that's truly strategic, truly something different that we were going to do. And right. uh, and it was all because of a leader challenging us to think, well, honestly, he, he challenged us to double the business, but it made us think differently about the possibilities right. of our business. And, and so, yeah, those are the fun things uh, but there are also the difficult things and there's the unknowns, like well, nobody here knows anything about sensing. So we need to find somebody who knows something about right. sensing, right? And how big is the market? Nobody knows. We know how big this market is. We've we've been yeah. doing it for 40 years. So right. I think that's that's what I'm talking about. It's when you're outside of your comfort zone, outside of your, you know, what you know, and you're dealing with the unknowns, that's where it gets really uncomfortable because you don't have a lot of experience in that area. Right, right. And this is when you need... You, you you need uh, the support of a structure mm. and and uh, supportive accountability from the team and something that's concrete in terms of what we're shooting for uh, to to help us get over that because if it's all vague and, and, and ambiguous it's it's hard to to bring ourselves to do those uncomfortable yeah. things yeah. And so um, th- this is a part of what I think, what I was talking to before, the, the habits, but also the, uh, the approach to the work can really change uh, uh, the outcomes. This is, these are some of the, 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 um, the pieces of the puzzle that need to be in place in order to help ourselves and help our team to, yeah. do, this, uh, to do this work. You know, one of the things that uh, this, your story makes me think of is the, such a powerful um, uh, way that goals work, especially if you if you're willing to interact with them in a um, work work back from them instead of work forward. This is this yeah. is a mental mind shift that a lot of people people set goals by by kind of extrapolating what they have what's already the case and what probably they could accomplish if things continue roughly as is with with some you know increment. And, and there are certain situations where. Um, you know, maybe budgeting, it's not a bad thing to, uh, you know, there's certain situations where, yeah, you should, you should, uh, you should let the past inform the future, mm-hmm. but well, for strategic goals, for, for things, game changing type breakthrough work that you wanted to, to, to do, um, we got to start with the end and then work backwards. Well, how could, well, because the first, you know, you've got a, you know, an exciting thing on the table when, the first response is like, well, that, that's impossible. You can, just like you said, with the, with we the all did. Graph. We, I remember going to the team and they all said, that's impossible. And, that's again, impossible. and I'm like, yes, I know, but, but the boss says we got to figure it out. You know, that's, that's what, and, and so this is where the psychology comes in too. You see people just kind of shut down in that yes, situation. Yeah. Yeah. And what, what we need to encourage each other to do is to not shut down, you know, like, is are we liable to, uh, to, to, fail in this situation. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we're more liable to, 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 to not succeed this, but this is, this is fun. You know, this, this is, this is joyful. This is like, a, it's a, it's an invigorating uh, thing when we have something that we didn't think we could do it, Yeah, but then we thought and we worked and we supported each other and went, and we did it. You know, that's really yeah. fun. That's, you know, that's a very life-giving thing. And so I think people um, see goals as kind of, uh, you know, something that, that, 
to be afraid of or to that exposes them to possible failure. And it does in a way, but, but, you know, we just have to kind of make sure that are we are not our, our, our entire identity is not wrapped up in that goal. We have, we're, you know, we're our portfolio of, uh, of what makes us who we are is bigger than that, but it is fun to have something very concrete that we could fail or succeed or fail out. And, you know, the, the other thing about goals that I think um, is related to this is that um, one thing that I've observed with teams and uh, with individuals who get really good at setting goals is, is that it actually reduces stress. It is not a... I love this point. Foremost. I love this point. Yeah, a mechanism. It's not first and foremost a mechanism. It's not a whip to get us to work harder. We're already working hard, you know. And, and it's it it is actually a shield from overwhelm. Yes, it, it makes decisions easier. Yes, right. It, it it allows us to reflect more deeply and less often. Yes, <laughs> right. Yeah. So we're not re like every moment where we're rethinking or every day we're rethinking, well, what is the most important thing for me to do be doing right now? That's a lot of work. That's a lot of rework over and over again to try to figure out what the priorities should be. No, we've got to think more deeply, but less often on a certain, on a cadence, right? There's a weekly cadence and a monthly cadence and a quarterly cadence and a yearly cadence. And, and uh, if we do a thorough job uh, with those, with those, uh, with that sequence, it frees us up to do our best work without, uh, with, with a lot less stress, actually, and a lot more um, cover for the decisions that we make and for the way that we spend our time. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. As a leader, you're responsible for the mission and the people assigned to you. Regardless of the size of your team, employees are depending on you for their lives and careers. For the sake of your team and the people who entrust you with this role, you need to master the skills to become a great leader. Best-selling leadership author John Rennie is proud to introduce the Qualified Leadership Book Series. This new series teaches you how to become a people-centered leader. Great leaders know that employees who are respected, appreciated, and allowed to grow will go the extra mile. These books provide real-world leadership wisdom written from a hands-on perspective. If you want to be a more effective leader, this is the one book series you should read this year. This three-book series contains the following best-selling leadership books. I Have the Watch, You Have the Watch, and All in the Same Boat for one low price of $39.99. Begin your journey to become a leader worth following. Go to johnsrenny.com and get your order in today. This episode is brought to you by Ignite Management Services. Ignite is led by Mike Watson, who you might remember from episode 137. Mike and his team believe that everything starts with leadership, whether it's strategy execution or cultural transformation. It's the role of the leader to create the conditions for their people to succeed. The team at Ignite can help you develop critical habits to enhance your leadership capability and transform your business. Ignite Management is now offering the Resilient Leadership Assessment Tool. This is an online questionnaire designed to assess and guide leadership development, coaching, and team building. It provides leaders an opportunity to gain insights into their leadership strengths and development needs. 
After taking this assessment, you will receive a custom detailed report that provides practical and actionable recommendations to enhance your effectiveness. I have taken this assessment myself and found it to be extremely valuable in helping me make changes to my leadership approach. Right now, Ignite is offering 15% off the price of this tool to the deep leadership audience. Go to ignitemanagement.ca and enter the code START15 at checkout to get started today. This episode is brought to you by Jeremy Clevenger at Liberty Strength. As a high-performing leader, you know that leadership isn't about telling people what to do. It's about leading by example. And for most people, the one area that they are lacking when it comes to leading by example is their health and fitness. By improving your health and fitness, every other area of your life improves. Your energy skyrockets, your sleep improves, your confidence increases, and more. But how can you get and stay fit as a busy leader? Well, you do what you've always done. You hire the best people for the job. Don't struggle on your own. Put Liberty Strength in your corner. Jeremy and his team will work with you to take your physique, mindset, nutritional habits, and more to the next level with his step-by-step, all-inclusive coaching program. I've worked with Liberty Strength for the past two years, and I'm in the best shape of my life, and I'm still hitting strength personal records at 56 years old. If you want to step up your game, reach out to Jeremy at libertystrengthtx.com to find out more and get your initial consultation scheduled with him today. One of the things I notice, um, I think it's a really important point you bring up because one of the things I notice with teams is when the goals aren't clear and not clearly communicated, then we tend to, you know, so you have a good group of people working together and they all want to, you know, they, they all think they're doing the best for the business. Yeah. And so in, in their effort to do the best, what they think is best for the business, they come in conflict with their peers, right? So, uh, the, the, you know, the, the finance guys wants the inventory as low as possible. The operation guys wants to raise inventory to get the on-time delivery, right? Yeah. And, and the marketing guy agrees with the, with the, uh, you know, with the operations guys, cause he wants to gain more business. So he has to get shorter lead times. So I need more inventory. So you have conflict that develops within the team. Good people trying to do the right thing will come into conflict until the leader makes it clear, here's what our goal is. And mm-hmm. so that now they have a backdrop and is, is to with the team as a backdrop of which to make decisions on. We say our primary goal is to have the shortest lead times in the business. What does that mean? Well, it means that we may have to bump inventory up or come up with a better way to produce our products quicker so that we can respond to the market faster than our competitors. Okay, what does that look like? So in other words, it prioritizes the decision making and it focuses the decision making and it takes away some of that internal team conflict, which is naturally going to occur because everyone's silo is precious to them, you know, in terms of what their, what their focus is. Right. So I think yeah. that's one of yeah. the areas I see when you do clarify the goals and you get everybody aligned to the goals and there's actually less of the noise, the, the typical organizational noise. And a lot of times I come into an organization when I first take over, there's a lot of chaos. And I notice it's because the pre prior leader had been absent when I call absent, which means they weren't putting the rudder in the water and the rudder was, uh, the ship was right. kind of drifting and everybody was fighting amongst each other because they were thinking about the best way to steer the ship. What right. needed to happen was that the, the captain needed to put the rudder in the water. And that was the big thing to focus and align the team. So right. I think right. that that reduces stress when you do that. I love that. I think you're, you're, you're bang on there. I mean, and, and in fact, you know, there's, 
there's uh, there's 15 best ways to run the company. Somebody has to choose. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, and, and there, I mean, there's lots of wonderful ways to grow and and options before before you. But somebody has to choose. You know, what, one of the things I don't know if you know this, John, but over the last um, hundred years, there's been about a thousand studies into goals and goal setting. Wow, it is one of the most well documented and researched interventions into productivity ever you know mm. um and so and one of the findings there's lots of different findings but one of the findings and, and, and by the way uh, the the findings are very strong that it it it, it works really well you know it, it it goals make a difference and so uh but one of the findings that i thought was fascinating is that the under most circumstances they actually couldn't find a um a negative impact to a leader assigning goals as opposed to them being collaboratively grown together. It can work. I mean, it, 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 it I mean, it's, it's, I don't, that's not apart from gathering uh, input, you know, and that's, and, and it can, there, there's context where it can work for a collaborative goal setting uh, uh, process which is kind of our default these days. And, and I think there's a lot of good things about that, but, but the evidence, the, the research um, bears out that it is very workable for the leader to say, this is the goal. This is the goal that we're going to go after as long as everybody understands it and also agrees that it's a reasonable way to proceed. You know, like if they if they completely feel or they're opposed to it, then it's not going to, not going to work. But it's not fundamentally um, not going to work if, a, if for a leader to say, "Yeah, this is this is this is the goal. I'm going to make a choice about what we're going to proceed, how we're going to proceed." Um, there's some nuances to it. And you got to you know, there, it is important to be you got to be sensitive, et cetera, et cetera, and you got to take people into account. But I just that stood out to me as. The research was uh, was pretty clear on that point, which was that uh, yeah, was fascinating. You know, it's interesting because I I think I tend to you know the way I manage a team typically is we're trying to do something new. I'll bring I'll br bring the team in. We'll brainstorm, brainstorm, right, right. Bring as many people as I can that have good ideas on the subject, and we brainstorm around different ideas. Um, and then I try to see that we coalesce around one theme or one idea, and so we. So the reason I like to do that is because I think there's a level of ownership. Like if, if an employee yeah. employee's idea makes it to the final cut, now they're like have a real ownership in it. But regardless, all that goes into, you know, a big pot. But at the end of the day, the leader has to then say, this is what we're going to do. So mm -hmm. I've, I've, I've heard everything. I've weighed all the options. I've talked to all the experts within the company, maybe even outside the company with our sales force and what have you. But here's what I've decided to do. And I think at the end of the day, someone has to make a decision and someone has to set the direction. And I think to your point, I think the I think it, even if you don't go through that iterative process, I think the team still wants the leader to make a decision. Where are we headed? What's What's next? Where are you steering the ship towards? I think that's yeah. something they want to see. That has been my observation too. That that um, there's a there's a way in which leaders can abdicate and and just say 
well, you know, I don't want to micromanage. I don't want to be heavy handed. And so these are, I hired good people. They should tell me what the goals are. Yeah. And, um, you know, but the problem is, of course, is that a, a coherent strategy, um, these things need to mesh together well. And, and there's actually 15 different wonderful things that you could do. And so, uh, it's not that there is one best thing that everybody's going to arrive at together. It, it, it needs some leader. It needs some leadership. And so, yeah. um, yeah, it's important. It's important to, to lead in that way. I think one thing that, that goes on as well is that, um, there's a, there could be a, a an overestimation. So setting clear goals is goals is super important. Also not magic. Um, there can be an over uh, an overestimation of of how um, effective it will be to have clear goals, because of course we ha- we we've all had this experience where we all set a goal for ourselves even or for the team and and then we forgot about it and, and it, nothing really happened and so the secondary responsibility for the, that the leader has is to build in the supports and the processes that bring that goal or the set of goals into people's minds sets expectations for the, for the, um, the actions and the, how we're going to measure progress and what engagement with that goal looks like. What does execution look like at our, in our organization? Because a lot of these things we don't have, you know, it's, we need to develop some leading indicators about whether or not, not, not just about whether or not we're going to achieve the goal, but whether or not it's getting any attention at all. Yes. We actually couldn't answer that question. We couldn't answer that. A lot of times we can't answer that question. Yes. No, that's, and that's part of my frustration as being, being a leader all these years is that we set a goal and there's like sub goals and, and everybody's supposed to be working on things, but how do I know it's being done? And, you know, with the, you know, maybe the next, maybe every follow-up meeting is every week. And I don't know week later, like how we made progress or not. So, you know, I think, I think one of the one of the reasons I like um, Habit Stack and what you're doing is is like it's a systematic way to put all the goals in one place. Uh, there's accountability. There's uh, visibility. There's um, uh, like you get everybody on the same page. Everybody goes and can see the same thing. So there's there's an element of it that's um, it provides me because you know like they call it the fog of war. You know sometimes right. it's just the, there's a fog and I don't know what's going on, but I assume everything's going right. I get to a meeting and it's not right. So I think what I need is this way to see through that fog. And one of the ways is is having tools like Habit Stack where I can see what's going on. I can see the progress being made. I can follow up even before a meeting is done saying, hey, I noticed this is, you know, this one thing's falling behind. You know, is there anything I can do to help to, to, to resolve that? So we're not waiting a week before things get done. So I think, I think there has to be, as you, to your point, there has to be some sort of structure in place. Uh, otherwise, it's hard to keep people accountable and it's hard to have visibility where everybody can go to one place and see the same message. That that's, that's the one struggle I've always had over the years. And I've been doing it for 30 years. So you can imagine like some of those softwares really basic 30 years ago, you know, we have whiteboards and, you know, tr- we're yeah. doing our best. Right. But, um, but now I think with the, with, with the, you know, with what we have with software development and tools, modern tools, I'm excited to see that there's better ways to do it than what I've been trying to do over the years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think this is the this is the promise. I mean, that there the, the um, 
the tooling is getting better and better. And, and also it's, it's always going to be a, a human challenge, right? Yeah. This, yeah. So you, you mentioned accountability and I think this is something that, that humans find it difficult to stay accountable to a, to a computer. It's yeah. easier, uh, not easy, but it's more effective when we're accountable to, um, to another person. And I'm curious what you're, you know, what have you seen, uh, in terms of accountability, what's worked for you in terms of holding people accountable? Let me, let me back up. Yeah. Accountability is kind of complicated too, right? Because yeah. it's a wild and woolly world. Um, are, is somebody going to accomplish their quarterly goal or not? Are we going to, well, there's some, there's a lot of internalities, but there's a lot of externalities too that, 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 uh, that influence whether or not they're going to achieve that. And so I think people, um, worry or they struggle with, I want to hold the team. I want to hold people accountable to results. That seems like what I'm supposed to do as the boss. And yet it's not all their fault when things don't work out. And so what is accountability? How, how do I do accountability in that environment when it's so dynamic? It's, it's more complex than just, you know, you did or did not um, accomplish this thing. What, what, what do you think about that? Well, I think the, the the most effective tool I've ever used over the years, I call it a rail. It's a rolling action item list. And so it's the it's what our senior management team is working on at any point in time. And so, and it comes about as we, at, you know, attack an issue, as we have, you know, regular staff meetings. And so we say, the, the you know, oh, shoot, we've got a KPI that's out, right? right. Um, we scrap is, scrap on one of the lines is going up. Why? So quality manager, your job you know, figure out what's going on. Let's get a report back next week. And so we've always kept, I've always kept a rolling action item list with my team. And these are the things that we're working on. And so that's our level of accountability is come back to the team. You know, we, we set a date for, you know, when can you get it done, Joe? Hey, I can get it in two weeks. All right, two weeks, we put it on the schedule. And, uh, and so we look, we use that as a way to hold each other accountable because, because in there, some things may be assigned to me, right? Sure. Uh, and so we as a team hold each other accountable with that rolling action item list. Um, and so that's the one thing I've seen effective is just having a, having the team know that that's going to come up. We're going to, we're going to bring that spreadsheet up every, every meeting and we're going to go through this. So I think you, you don't, it's not about letting me down. It's about letting the team down if you don't, don't get something done. But then, you know, over the years I've seen where things do come changes happen and we have to adjust the schedule and what have you. And we tend to just like any other team push dates out, you know? Right. And that's the, that's the trouble, you know, is, is you yeah. keep pushing dates out. Yeah. Well, I, I, I think, I think you're on to, to the heart of it there. Um, I, I, one, one way to think about accountability is, um, in the, in terms of, of accounting or making an account for what happened. Good or bad, you know, just this is what you're asking everybody to, to say, like, did you get it done? Yes, I did. No, I did it. What happened? You know, just knowing that you're going to have to report. It's it's like an, an, in accounting, in, in an accounting department, you know, they they just say, well, the money went here and here and we're short on money because of this and that. And, you know, it's, it's more about just um, being transparent about what has happened. And I think I think that um, that helps. Right. Because it's not about. Uh, yelling at people who, when they didn't achieve the, the right goal, most, 
the vast majority of people, it's more than sufficient. That level of accountability is more than sufficient, right? They're going to write, they're, they're, they, they want to perform well. And so just knowing that they're going to have to confess the good and the bad, that's, that's enough. I think another thing that we um, can hold, we can, we can hold each other accountable to is, um, is learning, right? It is, okay, so let's say this quarterly goal didn't go well. We, did, we didn't achieve this quarterly goal. Um, what we don't want is to just carry on into the next quarter and repeat similar mistakes. Um, what we want to do is, is to say, okay, well, so uh, if you had to do the quarter over again, what would you do? It would be good to have an answer to that. Like, yeah. well, I think, uh, you know, it turns out there was these gotchas at the very end. And what I, if I had to do it over, I would have checked on those things in the first couple of weeks of the quarter. And so I could have got ahead of it or whatever. And then uh, you say, okay, great. Um, are you planning to do that this quarter? Yeah, I am. Okay, great. So this, I think it's okay for us to hold us, hold each other accountable to that kind of exchange, right? To the, yeah. that we're, we're trying to bake in new habits and take, take the learnings into the, to the next, to the next, uh, period. So, um, yeah, hopefully that's, that's, uh, a, a way that people can kind of get out of the barn, right? So the, yeah, uh, just yeah. accounting, just making an account, sharing what, what has happened without recasting our failures as successes, you know, because they're not necessarily, it's okay that we didn't achieve everything. It's okay. But we do need to clearly account for it. Uh, and, uh, and then, you know, taking responsibility to think about the internal reasons because there's always a mix, right? There's some external reasons, but there's always there's always ways that I could have done it differently and better, and we should be trying to identify those. And so I think that's the second part that we can, um, the, the, uh, another avenue that we can uh, kind of um, be more confident in what we're holding each other accountable for and not feel bad bad about it because, I mean, it's just taking a moment to learn from the uh, from things. Yeah, absolutely. So such an important uh, subject that we, we, we talked about today. I mean, I think we talk about goals. We talked about the importance of accountability. These things are just critical for the business. Um, and I think you've given, Scott, us a lot of things to think about um, as it relates to it. Um, and I think, like I said, I mean, leaders should be seeking out tools and methods to be able to, first of all, you have to be able to set goals. You have to be able to communicate goals. But then you have to have some way, some systematic way to be able to again, have some accountability with your team and also have some, like what you just said, have some group learning about when you fail, what are you going to do differently? And we as an organization, how, how did we fail? How, we as an organization, what are we going to do differently? These are really critical uh, to uh, our, our effectiveness as uh, as uh, a leader. So this has been a fantastic, Scott. I was just wondering, um, how uh, how can listeners find out more about you and the Habistack program we've been talking about? You know, all the information uh, that you, you to your heart's content is at habitstack.com. Yeah, just go to habitstack.com. There's a free account there that uh, people can uh, check it out and also uh, have this information, support docs and whatnot, but, but, and some uh, articles. So yeah, that's the, that's the spot, the website. All right. It's that simple, habitstack.com. Listeners, here's the deal. If you want to keep your team focused, you want to have better habits, you want to get things done. I know everybody's busy. Uh, I encourage you to check out habitstack.com. I really think, I mean, I played around with it. It's super easy. I'm using it now. And it's, uh, it's, 
I tell you what, you can get things done. And I, for me, at least, it's less stress. We have less stress when everything's in one place. I can visibly see it. All the team members can visibly see it. We're on the same page. And I think it's the idea of all of us rowing in the same direction. Uh, it creates a lot less stress, a lot less friction. So I highly encourage listeners that you check out Habitstack.com. Reach out to Scott if you've got some questions because uh, he's got a lot of good thoughts on the subject. And uh, man, it's just been a fantastic conversation. Scott, I want to thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for being a sponsor of the show. And thanks for this perspective that you gave us today. You know what, John? It's been a real pleasure. I admire, again, what you're up to and uh, keep up the good work. And I hope to talk to you again soon. Uh, sounds good. Keep up the good work too, Scott. I think Habitstack is fantastic. So, well, that's it for today. Thank you for listening to Deep Leadership. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and share so we can continue to build a world with better bosses. Until next time, this is John Rennie saying take care and lead well. Thank you for listening to Deep Leadership. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for all you do. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. For more information and updates, please visit our website at www.deepleadershippodcast.com or johnsrenny.com. Until next time, take care. Welcome to Transforming 45, the podcast that celebrates the incredible power of passionate voices. I'm your host, Lisa Boat. Join me in conversation with heart-led humans who share their deeply personal stories of transformation. Transforming 45 is here to uplift, connect, and remind you that it's never too late to write your next chapter. So get ready to be inspired, empowered, and transformed. Join me in this community where through powerful storytelling, we heal and reclaim our inherent magic. Hey there, I'm DC. I host the rock podcast, Back to the Arena, The Interviews. It's about a 30-minute podcast where I talk one-on-one with a band who has released new music. You can find us on all the best podcast sites like Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, and more. If you're a rock fan like me, subscribe today to Back to the Arena, The Interviews. Electric Acid.